Welcome to the Brand Spanking New Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Adams. As of this glorious Monday morning, Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid thought they were auditioning for a spot on Monday Night Raw. Kawhi Leonard needed to take a break to rest his tired hair follicles. And Major League Baseball doesn't want anyone to think that they have a contract with the Girls Gone Wild franchise. But we begin with the three most important things that rocked our world and changed our perspective over the past seven days, or more specifically, the best of last week. First, on Monday, ESPN writer Jackie McMullen published an article vilifying Kyrie Irving and his tumultuous time with the Boston Celtics. In it, there were quotes from unnamed sources saying that Kyrie is cray-cray and that he made fun of a round-earther publicist for asking him to take off his hat for a team picture. That's what Photoshop is for, bruh. Yeah, bruh, we get it. Once you've made it in life, you have every right to tell all of these hardworking peons how to use Photoshop. Your millions excuse your right to a bipolar attitude towards the general population. The article also hinted that the Nets management were cautious about Kyrie Irving's attitude and demeanor and that they were somewhat concerned about his mood swings. I don't know why this is shocking to anyone in Brooklyn. You knew what you were getting your organization into when you flirted with the most lunatic point guard with handles the game has ever seen. McMullen's article didn't shed new light on anything that wasn't out in the open already. And unless you've been coma bunkmates with Beatrix Kiddo for the last five years, you're fools for not anticipating that this type of story would be leaked. Kyrie is in fact cray-cray. On a scale of one to Hannibal Lecter, Irving has definitely turned it up to an 11. This is a man who believes that the moon landing was fake and has evidence proving Neil Armstrong's prints on the moon surface do not match the boots in the museum. He has also said that he thinks dinosaurs aren't real, the education system is out to con us out of our money, the earth is flat, and that the makers of Independence Day were literally abducted by aliens. It wouldn't shock me if in the next month he tweets out that crop circles made by artificial midgets are the true reason behind Jeffrey Epstein's death. The great romantic philosopher Ted Evelyn Mosby once told his children on a couch that everyone has baggage. That's just a part of life. That statement is absolutely true. People have baggage in their life, whether it's still thinking that your ska band is going to take off or having a one-night stand with Barney Stinson. People have baggage. Players also have baggage. Every player in the league certainly has some amazing things that they can bring to a team, but they also have some type of baggage weighing them down. Yes, Ben Simmons is a freak of an athlete who fills the stat sheet night in and night out, but he also has a hard time shooting outside the paint and will probably campaign for Rookie of the Year in his eighth season in the league. Yes, Jimmy Butler can get you buckets when you need them, and he can defend nearly any position in the league. But he also has a hard time actually having conversations with people and enjoys burning franchises to the ground everywhere he goes. Sure, Kyrie Irving is the best ball handler on the planet and is undoubtedly the best Robin to any Batman a franchise wants to begin building around. But don't be surprised when he shows up to a press conference in late January wearing an inflatable T-Rex costume and refuses to take it off so reporters can ask him about his 4-for-31 shooting night in a blowout loss to the Hornets. No way. That's what Photoshop is for, bruh. Second, the 2019 Major League Baseball season came to an end on Wednesday as the Washington Nationals defeated the Houston Astros 6-2 in Game 7 of the World Series, bringing the first title to D.C. in their rebirth run as a franchise. Sadly, somewhere in eastern Pennsylvania, former Nat star Bryce Harper just turned off his DVR in regret. 
The series was entertaining to say the least, and in many situations came off as a chess match between pitchers, and even had conspiracy theories emerging as to whether Max Scherzer really was as physically debilitated as the Black Knight guarding the bridge in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Tis but a scratch. The World Series was captivating from a baseball standpoint, but the bigger problem is that baseball doesn't really captivate that large of an audience at all. Over the last 20 years, numbers have plummeted faster than Enron's stock, as fans across the country really don't care about what happens in the dugout. The Astros and Nats had an epic seven-game battle, one that will go down for the ages. However, it was also the fourth least-watched World Series of all time. In fact, four out of the top five lowest ratings of all time all came in the last decade. As entertaining as it was, people don't really care about it, and there are reasons circling around why. Maybe it's the fact that the average baseball game is just over three hours long, yet there are just under 18 minutes of actual play in the game, and no one really wants to see close-up shots of Yankees manager Aaron Boone scratching his groin in all that downtime. Maybe it's the fact that there are 162 games in the regular season, and some teams can barely break 500 and still have a shot at the postseason. A lot of pressure on them there. Or maybe it's the fact that it's officiated by a union of immature baby boomers who don't want to face the reality that they are awful at calling balls and strikes and morph into six-year-old snitches when anyone has the gall to point out their mistakes. Whatever it is, baseball is broken, and there are no plans on fixing it in the near future. People just don't care about the old man's game fading away into the sunset. They care about open field tackles, 30-foot three-pointers, and stone-cold Steve Austin doing a suplex. When's the last time you actually bought a bag of peanuts and Cracker Jacks as a guilty pleasure? How much does it excite you to watch players hit home runs and then not be allowed to celebrate afterward? What idiot in a dugout decided that rather than have their coaches dress professionally during the games, they would rather have them wear pinstripe pajamas like the rest of their players? What other sport does that? Let's face it, America would rather watch Ken Jong guess what B-list celebrity is wearing the unicorn butterfly costume singing karaoke than they would sit through nine innings of America's least favorite pastime. Finally, this past week, the NCAA had some groundbreaking legislature in which they unanimously voted to allow athletes to profit from who they are, permitting them to, quote, benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness. In a press release, they wrote that times are evolving and that the NCAA, quote, must embrace change to provide the best possible experience for college athletes. Hello, McFly, is anybody home? This isn't news to anyone. The NCAA has been abusing its authority over athletes for the past hundred years, and now they want to admit that they're wrong for penalizing a kid when he signs an autograph? To say that they are a changing and evolving organization keeping up with the times is a load of garbage. No, you came out with this historic vote because individual states and universities are sick and tired of you abusing your power and gave you a five-year federal window to shape up or ship out. You're not changing because it's the right thing to do. You're changing because you're facing eradication. You're the six-year-old who apologizes to his parents for stealing his little sister's candy. Only you're sorry that you got caught, not that you're sorry for the act. And instead of taking a bag of M&Ms from a baby in a stroller, you've pocketed billions upon billions of dollars from millions of athletes you would prefer to be manufactured from a stem cell factory. The NCAA has been living in a nuclear fallout shelter for the past century. They probably think that prohibition is still a thing and are nervous of the day when women will actually be allowed to vote. 
finally letting athletes make money off their likeness is not a sign of progression. It's their way of putting a positive spin on the fact that they've been stealing money from crack babies. Call it what you will, but we all know what kind of Jim Jones cult they've been running players through year after year. They say they're an evolving organization who wants the best for their athletes, but fact and reason say they're running a Jonestown-esque empire and want to give all their loyal followers the privilege of drinking the Kool-Aid laced in cyanide. We now shift to what matters this week, which, for this episode, concerns the subject of luck. Or, as Anna Nicole Smith's daughter once wrote in her autobiography, how my mom's love affair with a skeleton billionaire set me up as a one-percenter for the rest of my life. As if the Chase Center in San Francisco wasn't burning to the ground fast enough, the former NBA champion Golden State Warriors lost both Steph Curry and Draymond Green to injuries this past week. Curry broke his hand in the third quarter on Wednesday night after Sun Center Aaron Baines fell on top of him after a missed layup, and Green tore ligaments in his finger while flipping off LaMarcus Aldridge during his commute to the arena on Friday, thus signifying that Green can be a jerk both on and off the court. The Warriors have been both the luckiest and the unluckiest team over the last half decade. They were once Harrison Ford, who miraculously walked away from a burning airplane, and then were immediately transformed to the character Han Solo stabbed in the chest by his own son. Let's just take a moment to think about how fortunate and unfortunate their dynasty has been over the last five years. In 2015, they matched up against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who lost one of their best players, Kevin Love, who dislocated his shoulder after Celtics forward Kelly Olynyk looked like he was practicing his pole dancing skills going after a loose ball. Also in Game 1 of the Finals, Batman lost his Robin as Kyrie Irving prematurely turned into Uncle Drew and fractured his kneecap in a skirmish in the final seconds. The Warriors would win the title because of those lucky injuries. In 2016, they were unlucky when Steph Curry sprained his MCL in the second round, but were redeemed when Oklahoma City slipped on their triple-double shoelaces at the finish line, allowing Klay Thompson to eat them alive from beyond the arc in Game 6. Later that year in the finals when they thought to themselves, my, how the turns have tabled. They were dealt an unlucky blow as Draymond Green was suspended for lying about his natural shooting motion for kicking LeBron James in the groin. Come on, Draymond, you should have just said you were practicing for your side gig as one of the Rockettes. That sounds way more believable than a scissor kick being how you shoot jumpers. Green's karate kid move ended up costing them a 3-1 series lead and the 2016 title. That summer, in what came off as one of the luckiest shockers of all free agent signings, Kevin Durant signed with them as a free agent on the 4th of July, when everybody understood that a vacation in the Hamptons is way more enticing to a player than a steak dinner in Oklahoma City. The Slim Reaper didn't want a steak wrapped in bacon with Billy Donovan. He wanted a banana boat ride with Steph and his friends. How dumb could Sam Presti be? Their luck continued in the 2017 NBA Finals when what was originally hyped to be the rematch of the century turned into the dud of all duds as they manhandled the Cavaliers in five games. Unbeknownst to anyone during that series, the Cavs were disintegrating from the inside out as Kevin Love once turned down an offer to star in Space Jam 2 and Kyrie Irving was planning his exodus from Northern Ohio because someone had leaked him that LeBron isn't a flat earther. The Warriors were lucky that the Cavaliers hated each other that year. 2018 may have been the quintessential luckiest lottery ticket of all time for the Warriors and could have used Ben Fold's love song, The Luckiest, as the background music while the Houston Rockets laid the most embarrassing of all bad eggs, blowing a 3-2 series lead in the Western Conference Finals 
ending the most dramatic what-if stories of luck we have ever seen. What if Chris Paul didn't strain his hamstring in the tail end of that series? What if the Rockets didn't lay a goose egg NBA record 27 consecutive missed three-pointers? What if the Chinese government didn't contact Dr. Emmett Brown and Marty McFly to send diplomat Yao Ming back in time to 2005 to curse the Rockets for a future tweet? We'll just never know. In all reality, the Warriors have been very fortunate in their five-year run, catching as many breaks as humanly possible. People oftentimes litter the phrase, karma is comparative to an overweight female Labrador, which, in the Warriors' case, this phrase is absolutely applicable to their situation. But in contrast, look at what unlucky misfortunes has come upon the town over the last seven games. They lose their best player, KD, to a torn Achilles, who then opts out to sign with the previously mentioned nutjob. The very next game, they lose their third best scoring option, Clay Thompson, to a torn ACL. In the offseason, they lose their three best bench players. Then in the third game of this year, the greatest shooter of all time breaks his hand. And now Draymond Green can't give people the middle finger during a technical foul because of his torn ligaments. How freakishly unlucky is that? Somewhere Wiley Coyote of Team Toon Squad doesn't want to have anything to do with this unfortunate roller coaster of a franchise. Which brings us to this. One of the most popular movie characters of the last 10 years is Iron Man from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Actor Robert Downey Jr. has undoubtedly milked this goat dry to the bone and has vaulted his career back to the highest of all tiers. Iron Man is a winner. He is the face of the Avengers franchise, and this role could land Downey Jr. an Oscar nod for his role in Endgame. Robert Downey Jr. is certainly at the tail end of his superhero dynasty and has seen many parades and confetti bashes thrown in his honor. However, he has also gone through a nightmare labyrinth of PR disasters in the late 90s and early 2000s. Wait, Iron Man has a past, all of you Generation Zers are asking yourselves right now? And yes, to Ted Mosby's decree, Robert Downey Jr., like everyone else, has baggage. Everyone can picture his look behind the gold faceplate in his Iron Man suit, but can they also see his mugshot in the Orange County bookings on felony charges of cocaine, heroin, and illegal gun possession? Everyone sees him as the holy martyr who single-handedly took down Thanos, but do they also see him rotting away for six months in a Los Angeles County jail for repeatedly missing drug tests? The point is that everyone has highs and lows, and that's what the Warriors and their fan base are now facing. They have seen the 73 wins in a season, but have also watched LeBron James block Iguodala's fast-break layup in Game 7. They have stood as the victors on three separate podiums, only to see Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet dismantle them in six games this past year. They have been at the apex of sports domination and are now the cellar dwellers of the Western Conference. What will become of both Robert Downey Jr. and the Golden State Warriors now that they have tasted the sweetest nectars of victory as well as the most debilitating moments of loss ever imagined? Who knows? Both of them can be epitomized by the opening line to the text, A Tale of Two Cities, saying, it was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. Will the Warriors ever reach the pinnacle of NBA glory? It's hard to tell at this point in time. The best we can offer is the same advice Tony Stark gave to his pal War Machine in Iron Man 2. Drop your socks and grab your Crocs. We're about to get wet on this ride. Thanks for listening to Brand Spanking New. We'll definitely be back next week. Unlike Florida's chances at a national title this year, they're still a little hungover from the world's largest outdoor cocktail party.